This is episode number 184 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. Today on the show, what you're going to hear is a mini snippet of a longer form interview that Anita and I have done for our postnatal fitness specialist academy students. And in it, we talk about what a pelvic floor assessment might look at within a physiotherapy appointment. So if you are someone who is pregnant or postpartum, and you are wanting to go to physiotherapy, if you are experiencing some pelvic floor symptoms, such as prolapse, pain or incontinence, and you are curious about what that assessment might look like, we are going to talk through it with you today in this episode. Anita is going to let you know what it might be like when you go to physio and you have an internal or external assessment of the pelvic floor and what your practitioner is looking for in terms of strength, endurance, function of those pelvic floor muscles. And this is also so key for you to know if you are a fitness or health practitioner who works with pregnant or postpartum people. So you have a better understanding of how you can talk through what might occur for your clients or patients as you go on to refer them to pelvic floor physio, and they'll have questions that you will have the answers for. So enjoy this episode on pelvic floor muscle function and physiotherapy assessments. We hope that it gives you some clarity and a better understanding of what it looks like, what it will be like when you go to pelvic floor physiotherapy. So let's talk about what does your assessment look like of the pelvic floor specifically for patients yeah. who are coming in who might be postpartum? Mm-hmm. So kind of before we get into the actual pelvic floor assessment, I do want um, anyone watching to understand that as a pelvic health physio, like we are also orthopedic physio. So any physio that has pelvic health, we look at the whole body or that should be happening. So the initial part of the assessment, if someone's coming in for shoulder pain or they're coming in while they're leaking, while they're squatting, should be relatively the same. So it's like a very detailed history. Um, and specifically, if anything's related to the pelvic floor, like I am asking about uh, past births, upcoming births, um, medical history, all that. So I just want to make sure that everyone understands that that is all happening. First, we're looking at posture, we're looking at uh, specific movements. So 
if they're coming in with pain during a certain movement, we will be analyzing that specific movement so that our goals are um, aligned with what the client is looking for. So all of that is going to be happening first. Also looking at diastasis as well in various positions. And I know you'll be having a lecture um, on that as well. So after all that, when we get to the, the pelvic floor um, side of things, I always like to explain, I did bring my, very good, yeah, pelvis model. Um, this is what I always have in the clinic. And I really think it's important because it really helps clients understand that these, the pelvic floor is just a set of muscles. They just happen to live on the inside. There's ligaments, nerves, everything, but it's on the inside. So also when I talk to other physios, I say like pelvic health is basically orthopedic physio, but internally. Like it shouldn't, I really hope one day we get to the point that it's not this like pelvic health versus other physio. It should really be combined. So with the clients, before we do the internal, I do explain using the model kind of what we're looking at. And earlier in the assessment, I'm also explaining what the pelvic floor is, what it looks like, and that whole pressure system. So I know in other modules, you'll have talked about the diaphragm, the whole core canister. So we're going over that too. Um, the actual internal, so I'll explain to them, they'll get changed and then they're kind of draped similar if you were at uh, your doctor's office as well. Um, but explaining with the model first, that initially what we're doing is we're looking on the outside. So I'm looking to see, is there any kind of redness, swelling, is anything standing out to me that could indicate maybe an infection or an irritation? or if they're experiencing pain on the outside, it's good for me to be able to observe first where that is. Um, and also in terms of pain, for people to know that if you have a client you're working with who has internal pain or pain in that area, and they're really nervous to see a pelvic physio, to let them know we actually don't have to do an internal, um, either on the assessment or in further follow-ups. It's very much, we discuss everything and they need to be comfortable and consent. So just for your clients to know that you're working with, if they're nervous about it, we don't have to do internal. Um, so I also explain that first. Um, and then after observing the area, then we're looking at first kind of palpating around the outside, um, including the first layer of the pelvic floor. So I'll be going over kind of the pubic bone area, going down either side, and they're letting me know also if they can feel what I'm doing. So this is part of even um, the sensation part of testing um, to see if they're able to feel where I'm actually pressing. So we're going to be going over all the different areas and across the perineum um, and then testing sensation. So kind of left and right certain parts. After we do the sensation testing left and right, we're also going to do um, a reflex, the anal wing reflex. So I explained to them again before using the model that we do a little flick at the rectal opening and we're looking basically for, we call it like a wink or like some movement. It's similar to when you go to your doctor's office and if they do the knee reflex, I'm looking for your leg to move. This is giving us an indication of what's going on with the pelvic floor. Um, and then again, before we go internal, I'm going to have them do either a Kegel if they've never heard of anything else, or if, again, if you've already taught them as a trainer or another professional, the core connection breath, I'll have them do that. And I'm looking from the outside, what's happening? Is anything moving? What direction is it moving? Um, I'll have them do a big cough. Um, and then also a Valsava, so that kind of bearing down movement. And again, I'm looking at the opening, anything moving, um, what's actually going on here, what direction. Then internally, so starting at the vaginal opening, initially we'll be, again, pressing around the outside. Um, and again, 
feedback the whole time. So the client knows, and typically how I do it in a lot of uh, physios that were trained similar to me, that um, we're sitting off to the side a little bit. So even though I'm pressing here, I'll be observing here, but I'm also observing the client's face. So it's something important for them to know is I always tell them, this is not supposed to be painful. If you're experiencing pain, you need to let me know. Um, it's not a no pain, no gain type of thing. We're not pushing through it. So sometimes we'll be able to tell on their face what they're experiencing too, um, which is really important. So around the outside, and if there's no kind of increased sensitivity or pain with that, then we'll go solely internal and then working our way inside there. Um, and again, along the center, we're going to the left and to the right. And again, I'm explaining as we're going. And the first thing we're looking for is tenderness. And am I feeling increased tone or tension going on? Because that's what we'll want to address first. So we are going to the left and right um, and then also around the top. So all different areas of the pelvic floor to check that first. Um, and then if there is any tension, then I'll actually start using breath work and uh, teaching them visualization on how to release that. If there is no tension, then I'll take a look at their strength, um, the endurance of the pelvic floor. Um, and then, so looking at having them do a Kegel or core connection breath. Um, and then I'll also have them do the cough. So if they're experiencing stress incontinence, so with coughing or sneezing, the cough gives me an idea of the timing of the pelvic floor muscles. So are they coming on late? Um, are they not coming on at all? So this will give us an idea of strategies to work on. And then I'll also have them do that Valsava, so that kind of bearing down movement so I can feel and also will look to see is the bladder, um, uterus, or rectum, is anything moving down during that particularly, particular movement um, to give me an idea of prolapse, kind of the stage, if that's the case, um, and what's going on there. So that's, that's really kind of the main internal part, vaginally. Um, and then also we can check rectally. Rectally is a good way to check, um, especially with like tailbone pain, but anything to do with rectum with constipation, there's so many things to check. Um, and depending what the person's coming in for, sometimes we will check on the assessment. For others, we may check at a subsequent um, uh, follow-up. So kind of depending on what their needs are. But again, very similar testing to what we did uh, vaginally as well. So that basically is the internal part of a pelvic health assessment. Then I would let them change, would come back in. Um, and then basically at that point, we're bringing together, you know, what did I find internally? What are the external tests we did earlier? Bringing that all together and explaining to the client kind of what I found, what I think is contributing to their symptoms or their goals and concerns. Um, and then we get right into strategies. So for some people, it might be manual therapy. We might need to release or relax some muscles internally or externally. We might be looking at strategies for exercise. I want to make sure they have something to go home with that specifically addresses their goals so they feel like they're already, you know, getting things started. Brilliant. That was amazing. There's a lot. It's a very detailed, a very detailed assessment. Um, and something I should mention too, in terms of if you have pregnant clients, um, that they can still have an internal. It often can be helpful to know what's going on with the pelvic floor. Um, with pregnant clients, we're not 
we're not kind of checking the cervix. That's not within our scope in terms of we're not checking if anything's dilated. So we're not palpating the cervix during pregnancy. We're just more checking the pelvic floor. We can still check the bladder and rectum, what's going on there. Um, so for individuals to know that, the typically in pregnancy, a contraindication to an internal would be if they've been given any reason uh, that they can't have intercourse, they can't have internal penetration. So things like placenta previa, think, um, or there's, there's other reasons too why the care provider will recommend nothing internal, even having sex, they'll be told, you know, to, to not have that. Um, so in that case, we wouldn't do an internal assessment, but otherwise it can often be very safe to do, totally fine to do. And if your client is insured, they can always check with their care provider. Perfect. Such important info. Scribbling down notes here as you're talking because you're mentioning <laughs> so much good stuff. Um, obviously, we talk about it a ton on the podcast, consent, making sure the person is comfortable and actively choosing that this is this feels right for their body. So I yeah. love that you spoke about that. Um, noticing their face and their breath, and that's something as fitness professionals we should be tuning into as well. Um, what are you looking for in terms of endurance of the pelvic yeah. floor? So different things. I'll see how long they can hold, um, you know, uh, an activation um, and then repeated movements as well. And I know sometimes, and the way some people are trained, it's very isolating. So let's just isolate the pelvic floor. I often will bring in the diaphragm, like I'll have them do what the, what, whatever strategy they would naturally do. So I'll say, you know, engage your pelvic floor and with a, with a cue um, and then see what happens. And then I'll bring in the diaphragm or the breath and see if that changes and see if they can feel a change. So those are typically the things in terms of uh, endurance would be kind of the length of holding, repeated uh, movements as well and playing around with the whole core canister with that. Awesome. And how are you measuring strength? Mm -hmm. So typically with strength, with the pelvic floor, there should be a squeeze and a lift. So what we're seeing is whether, and depending on the tone, so we may use one finger or two fingers internally. So we're first checking if there are two fingers, we're seeing if there is a, you know, a bit of a squeeze. If there's a squeeze involved, it's at least a two. If we get a squeeze and a lift, it's a three. But then at that point, we're seeing if we can actually open our fingers and seeing if they're resisting that. And that's when you get into kind of grade four and grade five. Um, and it's not necessary to get to like a grade five or even a grade four per se. Um, it's more looking at can they, you know, what strategies are they using to find their public floor, the timing? It's a combination of things. So I always let my clients know if they're really concerned, like what is my strength? And I will let them know, but then I'll also let them know like how that factors into like everything else and that their goal isn't necessarily to get to a grade five strength for what they need. It's not necessary um, for different things. Okay. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Couple more things. Do you see any correlation between someone's birth type and what their pelvic floor assessment mm. might look like? Um do you mean like the results of the assessment or the actual? Yeah, the results of the assessment. I would say not necessarily. There are some trends that I see. So some common things I will see is at, typically after a cesarean birth, I often will see tension in the pelvic floor, except there are times where I don't 
and that's often when they've been pushing for a really long time. So there's been a lot of strain. Um, and then that's led to a cesarean. Sometimes with that, it is more of a, a, a weakness and, and there's not necessarily increased tone, uh, but sometimes there is. So I would say often I'll see tension after a cesarean, um, but after a vaginal birth, there's a range of things, especially, you know, episiotomy, tearing. So if there's been sutures, um, there may be tension, but there may not be uh, forceps vacuum. There may be a laxity or a weakness, but there may not be. So I would say it's something to keep in mind. It's good, especially as a trainer, to ask them about their birth, if they're comfortable sharing that, and get some details about it, because it will give you some indication of what the public floor has gone through, but to not make assumptions based on their birth, what is going on with their public floor. Okay, perfect. And last one on this point, are you only assessing the pelvic floor from supine or are you doing in standing or different positions yeah. and movements? Yeah, that's a good point. So it is depending on their concerns and their symptoms. So typically that's kind of like a very detailed internal assessment lying down. So that typically would be if we're doing internal, that's what would be happening. But if they're having, let's say, leaking with squatting and with a certain weight of squats then we can check their pelvic floor and standing or if you know in supine if we notice um like a prolax of a certain degree and then the person says yeah but in standing like i this is what i see so then we're going to check in standing and we'll use a mirror and we'll do different movements um so yeah definitely there can be a standing component or any, any position that they, they've been symptomatic or that they're wondering about, we can definitely check kind of strength of pelvic floor, pelvic organ position, all of that. I love that. And again, for everyone listening in, I think that this is so key for us to know, especially for when we're referring out, because it used to happen with my clients so many times when I wasn't educated on this, that they would go to the physio assessment, they would only assess them in supine, and then my clients would come back and say, but I still feel this heaviness or this pressure in standing. And while they said there was no, they couldn't feel a prolapse, for example, in supine, I still feel this off sensation when I'm standing or when I'm exercising. So I love that you mentioned that. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 